Hallelujah, God. Lord, I thank you today, Father Lord, for you are a good Father, God, and you give good gifts, Father Lord, to us, God. I thank you, Father Lord, for your word, God. Lord, it is timely. It is right on, Father God. And Father Lord, it is active and it is powerful, Father. And I ask tonight, Father Lord, that as I share your word, Lord, that you would hide me behind your cross, Father Lord, and use me, God. Lord, let the words that I speak resonate in, a, in their spirits tonight, in my spirit, God. God, Lord Jesus. And I ask tonight, Father Lord, that you would just be glorified in everything that is said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was a little nervous about getting up here. I'm probably better at one-on-one -on -one than I am standing before a bunch of people. I will turn red. It's okay. I'm just gonna toss that out for free. I like to say it's the anointing or it could be the ending in me. <laughs> Whichever we choose it to be. Um, but I was kind of a little nervous coming up here because this weekend was very powerful. It's kind of hard to come behind somebody that is just really after you come out of like a very powerful weekend and speak. And so I, I kind of have had, you know, since Pastor Brad asked me, I think he's, he's been saying this for like a couple of months. So I start, I, I kind of felt like I still had a reprieve. He was going to keep saying, we're going to get you in there. Give me a date, you know, and I kept thinking to myself, okay, yeah, how about next year, 2024, right? <laughs> well, Pastor Brad said, how about the 15th? The week of the 15th, I think it was. So I kind of had a couple words in me, and the word de deals with seed. Now, I know we, we talk about giving, and we talk about uh, um prosperity right and when we say the word prosperity that word prosperity a lot of times we think of money you know but that's not the only thing with prosperity right and here I was today like since the past couple of days I'm like Lord how do I tie these words together how do I how do I what where's my link here right because I'm going to share with you some things I learned back in the 80s in 90s and I'm going to share with you a word that I feel the Lord has put in my spirit and that word is the power of seed faith the power of seed faith and we're going to start by saying words are the seed to expectation to change the situation when faith is applied okay words are a seed our words are, are the seed of change. It's the seed of, of, of God putting something expectant in our spirit, right? So I want, I'm gonna, I want you to, everybody to close your eyes. And I'm, I'm, we're going to do a little exercise here. I want everybody to close their eyes. And I'm going to say something. And you tell me what you can see. Something. How many got a picture there? You really don't have a picture, did you? Because my word didn't have meaning. But let's put it this way, the cross. Close your eyes now. Now, you, how many in here raise your hand? Do you see the cross? Right? Now, let's say Jesus. Let's tie those words together. How many see Jesus on the cross? Right? Okay. Go ahead, open your eyes. The reason I, I say that is because without a word, you can't see. And without the word, you can't hear. Right? 
We can, we can walk around all day and we can, we can ask God for a word, but until he gives us a rhema and we can put something to it, we cannot see what the expectation is. So we got to be able to take a word and sow that word, right? We got to be able to take that word and sow that word into fertile soil, right? So that we have an expectation and a hope. As Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith cometh by sight, or I'm sorry, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, right? Uh, I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong scripture. You see, I'm already nervous. Uh, oh, Without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So let's get there. Here's what I want to talk about real quick. There's three parts to a seed, Right? Three parts to a seed. This, the seed contains a coat which surrounds it and it's protected, right? That's the protection. Within the seed is the ability to feed itself, right? That's the food storage or the, uh, um, the embryo, right? And that embryo, after it eats, it becomes the plant eventually, if it's planted right, right? Now... Let's look, at, let's look at this. There's three parts to a spiritual seed, right? Faith, that's the protection of the seed. Hope feeds the seed. And evidence is the result of the seed, right? So we know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, okay? So what is faith? Faith is the vehicle of the seed used to get the desired result of what you have not yet possessed. Amen? So faith is a vehicle used to get a desired result of what you have not yet possessed. Faith is the assurance that the evidence is coming forth. Amen? Okay? I have a lot, of, a lot here, so I've got to get this in in 30 minutes. But the Bible says, 11.1, now let's get this right. Now faith is the substance or the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible, impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, what I want, want, what I want to, to convey tonight is your words are powerful. They are the vehicle that God is going to use to get you to your destiny. They are the, the, the vehicle that God is going to use to birth something great in you. So this past weekend, we had, a, we had words that were spoken. We had the word that was active and it was powerful, right? And everyone who got a word got a, got a word. Now they have a vehicle to get to their destination. But in order to get to your destination, there's going to be some requirements. You're going to have to plant a field, right? Because your word has to have a place to reside. Amen? So how do we get there? Well, this is old school. This is what I learned back in the, the 90s, right? You have five ingredients to get there. We're going to call it faith soup, okay? Amanda likes to cook. She could probably whip this up for us. The first thing that has to happen is you have to hear the word. That's going to be the water, 
right? Faith soup. That we got to hear the word. The water is the basis for blending and to keep the ingredients from scorching, right? You got to have the water in there. The water is also going to bring everything you have to a point when it's heated up and blend it, right? As we hear the word, faith comes. The more word we hear, the more our faith grows. Without hearing the word, your faith will become stagnant and ineffective, you know? So if you're not in your word, you're not reading, you're not praying, then we, we can become very ineffective and very st stagnant. And we could come to the point where, where we don't have that ready word. You know, the Bible tells us to be instant in season and out of season, always ready to, be give, a, to give an account of why we believe what we believe, right? So we got to have uh, the, the word or the water in this. Romans 10.7 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. John 5.24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come to condemnation, but shall pass from death to life. John 8.47 says, He that he that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear, hear them not because you are not of God. If you are of God, you have to hear his word. That word becomes rhema to you. It becomes life to you. If God is not in you, then you, you don't hear his word. There's many people that take the Bible, right? That read the Bible that are in the world and they don't have a clue because this is just a book. There's no rhema to it. There's no revelation. There's no word that comes forth. There's nothing for them to grab onto except for hey that's a great historical book it tells us about history but to the believer that the word produces life it produces life it is the power of God right it is the power to change things it is the power to move forth it is the power for the anointing to move in your life the word of god so what do we do we wrap our words in his word brother don i believe it was you that said once god's word in your mouth is the same as god's word in his mouth if i remember he was a great evangelist that said that right brother don I'm pretty sure that was, you're the one I remember saying that. But the word of God in your mouth is just as powerful as the word of God in Jesus' mouth. Amen. We are the conduit. We are, we are the, the electrical cord that gets in there and charges everything up. So every time I look at you, Lisa, and I say evangelist, or I look at you and I say mighty man, right? Or I look at you and I say, wonderful worshiper, right? Those are seeds identifying how God sees you. The world isn't going to tell you you're going to be a great evangelist, a mighty man, a great worshiper, right? So we have to take his word and, and the word that we receive, we have to wrap it in faith, right? So what do we do? We hear the word, which is the water, right? The second thing we need to do is we need to believe the word, Believe the word is the meat of it. That's the meat that we're going to stick in the water. This is the element likened to meat stock of soup. <clears throat> Look at it this way. If all you ever do is hear the word and you really don't believe it, you really don't have soup, right? All you have is a pot of water. So you've got to have something to stick in there that's going to have some substance, 
right? Mark 9.23 says, Jesus said unto them, If thou can believe, all things are possible to those that believe it. Matthew 21.21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto a mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. We got to have some meat behind it, right? We just can't have uh, the word. There has to be some action with it, right? So if we went back to our, our parts of the seed, you had faith. Faith is the protectant, right? Hope, it, hope feeds it. Hope feeds it, right? The third thing we have to do is we have to speak the word. Speaking the word is spice. Our words are like spice adding either bitter or sweet. So we get to choose what we put in this pot. How do we want it? Do we want it spicy? Do we want it bland? Well, that, that's going to come with the word that you speak. How do you want it? Right? Call those things they're not, that are not as though they are. Romans 4.17 Luke 6.45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How do we, where do we see a demonstration of this in, in Scripture? Well, we see it with the Roman centurion, right? He come to Jesus, and what did he say? He said, my servant needs healed, right? And Jesus was going to head to his house. He said, oh, no, you don't have to come. You don't got to come to my house. All you have to do is speak the word. Because you're a man under authority. And I'm a man under authority. And whenever I tell someone to do something, they do it. So what do we have to do? We have to speak the word. We have to add spice to it. That's where we're going to get our flavors. That's where we're going to bring everything and tie everything together uh, in this word, right? I got a warning here for us. Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That word power there means direction. Our speaker was talking about dunamis and exousia. Exousia is what? Authority. Dunamis is what? The exploding, all miraculous, dynamite power. But this right here is direction. This word for power. I'm, I didn't write down the Greek or I would tell you that. But it, it's direction, right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it. So whatever you're putting in as a spice, that's what you're going to get. You want some kick to it? You want some heat to it? Then you've got to find the spice that you want. Right? Same for us in our life. You've got to speak what you believe. 2 Corinthians 4.13 We have the same spirit of faith as, according as it is written. I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always uh, be graced or seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. Ephesians 4, 19. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. That's what we're doing when we share the word, when we 
spice it up. We're adding grace to it. You're adding mercy to it. You're, you're adding love. The fourth thing we want to do is we want to add vegetables, right? That's called doing the word. James 1.21, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So if we don't do the word, what are we doing? We're deceiving ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves. If, if the, the centurion, if, if that word had no power and no effect, and there was no, I mean, when he left, he had to believe his servant was healed, right? There had to be the, okay, I don't need you to come, just speak it and I'll go. And he'll be healed when I get there, right? We have to do the word. We got to build on the rock. Therefore, whosoever, Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which buildeth his house upon the rock. James 2, 17, Even so, faith, if it has not works, it's dead being alone. That's the active part of the word. Faith. Your faith. I, I have to be able to see your faith. You can tell me all day you have faith. I can tell you all day, Brother Stephen, I have faith. But if I, if I don't have anything to back it up and you can't see it, then evidently I don't have no faith, right? So if, if I'm looking for God to do something in my life, if I need healing, what do I got to sow in my field? I got to sow a word of healing, right? You are the Lord God that healeth thee. I have to take that word and I have to sow it. Then I have to demonstrate that I really believe that word, right? Because if you don't have any revelation, you can't demonstrate that that word's alive and it's active. There has to be something that you attach to it to, to make it manifest, right? What do you do? You live it. You walk it out. It don't mean you don't feel bad. It just means you start confessing something else other than what, what you feel. You might feel that way, but when you start confessing you don't feel that way, guess what? Things begin to change. When you say, I'm, I'm broke, I don't have no money, and you sit at home all day, and, and you don't do nothing, but you Facebook, right? That was a joke. Okay, that was a joke. You sit at home all day, I don't have no money, but you don't attempt to get a job, well, you're going to be broke. There's no faith attached. God's not going to bring you supplies when you're not doing anything. Quick story. Uh, in, in 2014, uh, I'm sorry, 2012, right? I got laid off, man. I'd never been laid off before. You know, when you're in the military, if you get laid off, you're pretty much out, <laughs> Right? You, you're getting a paycheck. But if you, if you get laid off in the military, you're kicked out. So I'd never been unemployed before, right? I got out of the military, went straight into a job, worked at for six years. And as I'm working it for six years, I knew the end of it was coming because I wasn't going to move. I wanted to move, but I knew it wasn't a good idea to move at the time. So what happened was my boss, he's like, well, yeah, I'll let you know before, before we, we uh, lay you off, you know. So I was like cruising along, thinking they was going to keep me. He calls me into the office. He said, hey, uh, we got to let you go. And I'm thinking, well, th th there's no notice there, <laughs> right? And he said, uh, he said uh, but thanks for working for us. And I thought, well, Lord, what am I going to do? You know, all of a sudden I, 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 I'm like, 
I'm in a faith crisis. I don't know if anybody else has ever had one, but all of a sudden I'm like in this faith crisis, you know. And I've got a brand new house. I got two kids in college, and uh, one's, you know, still. Uh, I got to make this big house payment. I got a new vehicle. I have all this stuff, and I'm thinking, Lord, I don't have a job, and I know my military retirement don't cover this, <laughs> right? And so I'm panicking. What happened was I began to panic. And God, I couldn't hear because I was panicking, right? I was panicking and I couldn't hear. And I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? Lord, what am I going to do? I don't have a job. And here I am, you know, over the course of a month. I bet you I put in 50 resumes, right? I didn't care where it was. I was just putting in a resume. Nobody would hire me. I was like, but Lord, what am I going to do, <laughs> Right? And I walked into my house that day, and when I walked into my house, uh, TBN was on, and there was a guy speaking, and he said this. He said, there's three storms in life. The storm you're in, the storm around you, and the storm of life. But he said, Jesus Christ is in every storm. And all of a sudden, I stopped, and my spirit, man, come up, and my anxiety powered down. I could feel it, just like kind of reminded me like like Star Trek. Power down, Scotty, right? And so all of a sudden, I'm standing there, and I heard the Lord say, if you'll do what I tell you, I'll open the door for a job. Now I could hear. You see, God has birthed a gift in you, and he puts these gifts within us for a certain reason. Because that gift is what makes you special in his eyes. And that gift is your vehicle to build faith. So for me, the gift of a word of knowledge or, or being used or the gift of prophecy or ex, exhortation, it was something that built faith in me. It was something when God used me that... that made me feel powerful, made me know that he was on my side, right? So what happened was that moment he said, if you do what I'll tell you, I'll give you a job. I said, okay. He said, I want you to go speak to three people. I'm going to tell you. I said, okay. You know, I can do this. I have great faith for that. I have great faith for that because it's easy to tell some to go share a word now. When I first started, it wasn't. But the more you do it, the more you realize that it's his job to perform what he says. It's not yours. It's your job to release it because that's the word. But it's his job to back it up. So he said, if you go speak to three people, I'll give you a job. He said, I want you to go down to the Fairmont Mission. And there's a person down there, and he gave me their name. And he said, I want you to go down there and talk to them. And I said, Lord, well, what do you want me to say? He said, I'll tell you when you get there. I said, okay, Lord. So what I do? I got in my car. I drove down to the Fairmont Mission. Happened to be there. My cousin worked there. I talked to her for a couple minutes. I said, hey, do you have a person that works here by the name of so-and-so? And she said, oh, yeah. She works in our, our outreach department. I said, well, can I speak to her? She said, well, let me see. And I, I'm thinking this is pretty weird because she's probably going to be like, who the heck is this guy coming down to talk to me, right? But I went in. I talked to her. She brought this guy in with her. 
And, and I didn't know him. I didn't know her. And I said, look, I just want to pray in the Spirit. Because when I pray in the Spirit, God's going to begin, begin to reveal what he wants to speak to you. I don't know you, but I know God told me to come and talk to you. And so all of a sudden, I began to pray in the Spirit. And the next thing I know, I said, you know... You've been wanting to start a business. And God said, it's time for you to start that business. And not only that, but you're going to get a promotion. And she just looks at me and she's like, how do you know that? Only my husband knows about that business I wanted to start. And I said, I'm just telling you what the Lord told me to say. And the guy behind me, uh, all of a sudden he was standing there, didn't know him from anybody. I, I turned around and walked out and I looked at him and I said, you're ministering to these people the wrong way. Well, come to find out he was the psychiatrist on staff. I said, I said, the first thing you have to do is you have to bind the strong man. If you want to speak to that person, you have to bind the strong man. Because when you don't bind the strong man, you get all this uh, uh, static, right? And they can't hear you. But if you bind the strong man, God will he'll redeem the people. He'll, he'll relieve the people of what their need is. And he's like, well, how do you know that? I said, I'm just telling you what the Lord says. I said, well, what's your job? He said, I'm the psychiatrist here. I'm like, okay. So then I left there, and as I'm walking out, I passed this other man, and, and the Lord said, I want you to come back tomorrow, and I want you to speak to him. And, and I said, well, Lord, I'm here. I can do it now. God said, no, come back tomorrow at noon. I said, okay, Lord. So I went home, and I'm like, well, what do you want me to tell him? He said, I'll tell you when you get there. I said, well, okay. So I got there, and, and all of a sudden, I, I asked if I could meet this guy, and my cousin, she told me, he said, she said, well, he runs this place. And I said, okay. And so I said, well, can I talk with him? He said, he, uh, he allowed me to come in. He put me in this big room with these huge windows. And, and we're in the room, and, and uh, um, his son's with us. And I said, look, I don't know why I'm here or what I'm going to tell you, but I do know that the Lord has a word for you. But if you allow me just to begin to pray and pray in the Spirit, I believe God's going to reveal it. And as I began to pray, uh, all of a sudden I, I opened my eyes, and there were these two angels standing over Fairmont, right here in Fairmont right and they were huge I mean they were big and I couldn't see their head but I could see the they were dressed in male and they were standing like this right at parade rest and they had this big sword and flames were just bellowing off of it and all, and all of a sudden the Lord said the reason you haven't taken this city is because you haven't told those angels what they need to do and so I began to share that with him. He starts laughing, and I said, Lord, you have to show him this is you. And he looks at me all of a sudden. He said, Brother, I know, I know this is God. And Because I'm thinking, he laughs. It, it's, he's thinking it's not true. And he said, No, brother, this is God. He said, Because you wasn't in my bed with me last night when I was talking to my wife about this. Right? Now, why do I say that? Because, see, if I would have gave the word prematurely, it wouldn't have been uh, uh, validated because he still had to have the conversation with his wife, and God had to first reveal to him what was coming. He didn't know the word was coming, but he knew what was going to be said in his spirit. God first reveals something to you, and then he sends somebody to confirm it. He's not telling you something new. He's not, he's not coming down saying, you know, Greg... I want you to give $100 in the offering. No, he first prompts it into my spirit, and then he confirms it through a word that I'm supposed to do it. Amen. It's not new. We look at it as new, like, oh, he read my mail. No, 
God already knew. He confirmed what the Father has already spoken to you. But sometimes, because of the static of life, we can't hear it. I'm so, I was on a little tangent. Let me finish real quick. The third thing is God said, I want you to go to Walmart. There's a woman there. I want you to speak to her. I said, okay, Lord. So I went to Walmart. That's a pretty big place, right? I get in there. And he said she works in the eye department. After he told me who she was, I, I knew who she was because she had put glasses on my son before. And, but I didn't know her personally, right? So I go in there, and I'm looking for her. She wasn't there. I went back again. She wasn't there. Went back a third time. Wasn't, I went back the whole week looking for her, and she wasn't there. Finally, I walked in and said, hey, there used to be a lady that worked in here. And um, do you know where she is? They said, oh, yeah. Today was her last day. Or she was leaving today, going to Florida. I'm sorry. She had quit. She was moving to Florida. And I thought, oh, gosh, I missed it. And do you know when I walked out and I was walking across that parking lot, that woman was parked right beside of me. <laughs> she had come in to tell everybody goodbye. And all of a sudden, I looked at her and I said, ma'am, can I speak with you for a minute? She said, uh, yeah. I said, I know I don't know you, but the Lord wants me to tell you something. I said, the Lord wants me to tell you that he sees your son. He knows your son went into the army, and he knows that your son's deployed. I didn't know all this, but God did. And I said, not only that, God said to tell you to be of good courage and be of good faith because your son's going to come back okay. The hand, of the, the hand of God is upon him to protect him, and your son will be fine. And then I looked at her, and I said, God said, you're going to Florida? Well, I didn't realize she was going to Florida. I said, God said, don't follow a man ever again. He's got a husband for you, and you'll find him when you get there. Guess what she did when she moved to West Virginia? She followed a man. I didn't know all that. So why am I saying that? I, I'm saying that because, because we have to be doers of the word. But at, right after that, I put in for a job. And within two days, I got an interview. They told me that it would have to go through a process. And this woman read my resume, come out and said, we're looking for you. And within two weeks, I was hired. Now, that's a great story, right? That's a great testimony. At least I thought it was because it built faith in me, first of all. But then, on the other hand, I kind of screwed it up a little because I tried to do some things on my own. I got nervous at the end. God said, ask for this amount, and I didn't. I asked for less because I was afraid they wouldn't give it to me. So it's important to walk out everything that God says. Everything. So back to our faith soup real quick, right? <clears throat> we got to build on the rock. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which buildeth his house upon a rock. Right? We talked about uh, faith without works is dead, right? James 2.17. So we do the word. The last thing we got to do in faith soup is we have to stand. Right? That's the cooking part. The heat from the fire brings everything to a boil, which causes everything to blend and bring flavor, right? Sometimes God's like that. And then sometimes we sow that seed, right? And it takes time. We don't see everything that's happening. Pastor Miranda, when she's putting her garden in, she don't see everything that's happening under the soil, right? You can't see that. 
not unless you, you have an opening on the side, but it's like, it's like you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, and then all of a sudden you get up one morning and bam, there's a plant. And the next morning you get up like a, a corn. Corn grows really fast. It's like one day, it's like this big. You wake up and it's six inches taller. And then six inches taller. The next thing you know, it's eye level, right? Well, that's how God's word is. When we stand, Ephesians 6.13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand having all to stand we have to stand we have to let that fire bring everything to a boil it has to blend it all together why so it has flavor it's not flat has anybody ever made soup and you just left it lukewarm you never did boil it it's just like not that good is it probably the powders would float to the top right they would not really blend in the seasoning wouldn't be there right the woman with an issue of blood right we know this story she had an issue of blood for 12 years right right this is about standing she suffered many things of the physician she heard of jesus right she said to herself if i could but touch the hem of his garment i would be made whole right and straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about and pressed and said, Who touched me? Right? Okay. So what happened in that story? She moved. She pressed. She reached. She touched. And she received. She moved, that was her due. This is the due. She moved in anticipation, right? She heard the word, but she had to get to the doing, the moving. If she would have never moved, there would have never been a change. She could have heard about Jesus and all the wonderful things he did, but she had come to that point where she had to make a choice. Do I stay here and die and live in this state, or do I move? right so she moved in anticipation she pressed through with determination she reached with expectation she was touched and that's where her faith when she touched that's where her faith went from the natural to the supernatural right amen she received the supernatural manifestation in her body. What happened? Uh, um, um, Dr. Paul talked about it. It's when the two kingdoms collided. Her natural met his super, and what happened? There was a supernatural that manifested. So when we plant our seed, and we stand, and we come to that boiling point, and we do, and we're all mixed together at some point, that, that, that do, that stew, has to become like glue. It's going to stick. It's going to have some flavor. The heart of expectation is a, is a seed to revelation. So when you sow your seed and you have an expectation or you have some hope, that's when revelation begins to kick in. That's when the word takes root and that's when the word becomes rhema. 
Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against world governors and princes of darkness of this world, against supernatural wickedness, which are all in high places. So I want to tell you something. Until you sow your seed, you're not a threat to the enemy. Look, you can be saved. You can be on your way to heaven. But unless you're going to walk in the manifestation and the anointing of God and his gifts, you are not a threat to the enemy. If you don't open your mouth, they can't hear. It's when you open your mouth, and, and I, I, would, I, would, I would admonish you to look back in your life and say, when did I have the most opposition? It wasn't while we were sitting at home on our couch. It's when you said something that was counter to what the world was saying. You are not a threat. We are not a threat if we do not open our mouth. I know we open our mouth here. That was just something, you know, that God's really put in into my spirit. And I remember that because I remember I got saved. And, and when I got saved, I, I was like, Lord, I want to be filled with the spirit. Well, what I didn't realize is eight years earlier, he'd already filled me, but I, I didn't know how to use the weapon. <laughs> right? I went eight years sitting on the sideline and I told God, well, evidently you don't need me. I said, honestly, I'm telling you the truth. That's what I told him. I said, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I heard the words, Hita Shabakul. I said, oh, I can't say that. That sounded like Brother Ted. That sounded like Brother Muscufo. That sounded like, that sounded like somebody's grown up. Yeah. And, I, and so I got up, and I thought that was me trying to say, speak in tongues. I didn't get the hubba bubba. I got the Hito Shabakul. That clear. <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, um, I got up, and I remember I'm in youth, and I said, well, Lord, I love you. I guess you don't need me. And I went on and did my own thing. Went to the military, lived like a hellraiser for a little while, and then one day I'm like, I don't even really like doing this, right? It's because I wasn't built for it, you know? And then one day, after I got saved in 1992, I'm in my house, and God speaks to me, and he said, I, I listened to Brother Ted teach on the gifts, and, and he said, uh, uh, you got to say what you hear, and I said, okay, hito shabaku, and the devil said, see, there you go again, I said, Lord, okay, I'm sorry, and I wouldn't say nothing, and all of a sudden, this lady shows up uh, uh, where my wife worked, and she's She's walking across the parking lot, and I just told God, you know, Lord, I'm always down. I don't know why you called me. I'm down more than I'm up, you know, you know, the old pity party, right? Because that's where we all go at some point in our life when, when we don't understand who God is. And, and this lady looks at me, and she said, um, you should come to my house. She was a Chinese lady. So I went to her house. She made rice, just in case everybody wanted to know. She made rice. Right, Brian? Okay. And uh, she said, come to our prayer meeting. We went to her prayer meeting, and they started to pray in the Spirit. And I said, well, I guess this is where I'm done, Lord. And all of a sudden, she looks at me, and she said, speak what you hear in your head. I said, I was gone. I don't remember anything. I don't remember nothing. 
But I prayed all night in the spirit. I could see myself. And that night as I was sleeping, this, this, this demonic spirit lunged at my throat. And it stopped. And I said, Hito Shabaku. And it froze. And then it was gone. And, and then I woke up in the morning and the Lord said, now you're a weapon. Because you operate in the spirit. Now you're a weapon. Now you're a threat to my kingdom. And from that day, there's been spiritual conflict. Why? Because in the natural, we are not threats. But in the spirit, you're mighty. That's why we have to get hold of who God is. We have to get hold of how powerful the word is. And we have to let him use us. And we have to speak it. Right? So to tie this together, sow a seed, right? As I was trying to tie this together, I'm like, Lord, where am I going with all this, you know? I, I lamented a lot the past couple of days, <laughs> right? But there was a song, right? And it says this. It says, in every season, fear not. I am the Lord God, and trust me that I am working all things out. So in a field of doubt, plant a seed of faith, and I, Jehovah, will send the rain. That's the prophecy tonight for this house. If you're willing to sow a seed, he's willing to send the rain. But you've got to put it in the ground. Because if you don't put it in the ground, it can't grow. That was, that was the prophecy that he gave me. If you're willing to plant your field, you're willing to sow a seed, he's willing to send the rain. And we need the rain. In Genesis, everything starts with a seed. I love acronyms. Anytime I, I, I share something, I, I try to come up with an acronym. So I'm going to give you the acronym for the word seed. You got to speak. Right? Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish everything that it is sent to do. So S stands for speak the word. Sow it. E, expect the harvest. Sow and expect. Speak and expect. Right? The other E, endure. Endure. Stay in the fire. Stay in that boiling pot. Right? There's, there's three temperatures in life. Hot, lukewarm, and cold. Two of them are points of change. 212 is a point of change. Right? Liquid to vapor. Right? There's change. You want to change, you got to get in the fire. We know about lukewarm. God don't like lukewarm, right? That's just, I'm just flowing by. But what about 32? 32 is your preservative. What happens when something gets in ice and it freezes? And then it gets, it becomes sub, sub, it's preserved. It's not, yeah, it freezes, but whatever's in it is preserved. It's not really changed. It's just preserved. Right? So we have three temperatures. We want the fire. Amen. D, do. 
waterer, weed your garden, nurture and care for your seed. So what is that again? Seed. Speak the word. Expect a harvest. Endure. Stay in the fire. And do. Water it. Weed it. Nurture it. Right? James 1.22 Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, Father, we thank you tonight, God. Hallelujah. Father, Lord, I pray tonight, Lord God, that you would help us to protect your word that you, you've sown in our, in our lives, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. I pray tonight, Father Lord, for courage. For courage to stand. For courage to change, Father. Father, I thank you tonight, Father Lord, for the power of your word. The power in your promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah. 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 What I'd like you to do real quick is I want you to to think about the word that was spoken over you this weekend or a word that God spoke in your life. A promise. Can you see it? Some of you, God said, you're more than a conqueror. Some of you, he calls you son or daughter.